The world is becoming increasingly proficient at telling stories that deny God. As such, we need Thinking Christian to become as natural as breathing. Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. I'm Dr. James Spencer. And through calm, thoughtful, theological discussions, Thinking Christian highlights the ways God is working in the world and questions the underlying social, cultural, and political assumptions that hinder Christians from becoming more like Christ. Now, on to today's episode of Thinking Christian. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Thinking Christian. Uh, we are joined today by our guest host, Nate, who we've seen on the show before, but also a very special guest, and you may guess by his background who this is uh, if you're watching on video, but Dan Mears, uh, the mascot for the Kansas City, City Chiefs. Dan, uh, how you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. We just won a football game in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah we're recording this right after the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, I got to say, I was out at a Kansas City restaurant last night, and it got a little ruckus. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> well, Dan, tell us a little bit about uh, the life of a mascot, if you don't mind. Kind of give people an insight into what you do and, and what life's like kind of, you know, in and around the field there. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. This isn't one of those things where back in grade school, I thought, boy, I'd sure like to grow up and become a mascot for a living. You know, I, I trick-or-treated once a year on Halloween and got free candy, and I'm like, this is a pretty good gig. And then, you know, but never in my life thought it would turn into a career. But um, I, had, I played sports in high school. Uh, I grew up in St. Charles, Missouri, went to St. Charles West High School. And uh, play sports. When I say played, I should let's just say I wasn't the best athlete out there. So I was more of a three-sport bench warmer in baseball, basketball, <laughs> football. And uh, but I always made the team and always just had a good time and loved sports. Uh, graduated from high school, went to, to college at the University of Missouri in Columbia, and I was sitting there one day reading the school newspaper. And I saw this little article that said they were going to have tryouts to be Truman the Tiger. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And I knew I wasn't going to be good enough to play at, at the collegiate level. And I thought, well, that's one way to stay involved with sports. And so I went back to my my room and my, my roommate at the time, uh, he's like, you ought to try that. I think you'd be good at it. And so sure enough, I went to this informational meeting, tried out, and I get the job. And for the next four years... I ran around in a tiger suit at the University of Missouri doing college football and basketball and other sporting events and community appearances. And, and then I graduated from college. And sure enough, I get my first job working for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team running around as uh, Fred Bird, the uh, Cardinals mascot. Yeah. And if you know anything about baseball, they play 81 home games during the summertime. It's crazy. And I ended up being a call to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're like, hey, we're starting up a mascot program. We, we've heard things about you, and, and we'd love to have you interview. And uh, so I went and interviewed with the Chiefs, and they offered me the position. And I, you know, I grew up. In St. Charles, like I said, so Kansas City was kind of out of my comfort zone. It was on the other side of the state. But the more I prayed about it, the more I thought about, you know, I can keep doing 81 home games in the summertime, or I can switch to football where they play 10 uh, in the fall and winter. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but even I knew that was a pretty good switch to make. And so yeah. 
I came to Kansas City, uh, what, 30, uh, this is my 34th season with the Chiefs. Wow. I started with the Chiefs back in 1990, and uh, it's been a, and I love it. I love working for the Chiefs. They're a great organization, and I don't just say that because they give me a check twice a month, but they're just, uh, I love that they're very supportive, not only of what I do, but they're they're very supportive. They give back a lot in the community, so we do a lot of community events, work a lot with food banks and mm-hmm. um, homeless shelters, just all kinds of uh, community stuff. And that's what I love about the organization. Is that, the Hunt family has huge hearts. I love that about them too. So when I took the job, I, uh, Lamar Hunt, the original uh, founder of the Chiefs, uh, and he passed away you know, several years ago, and his son Clark Hunt took over. And I'll tell you what, the, the apple did not fall far from the tree right there because that Hunt family, I can't say enough good things about them. Just uh, Absolutely. Uh, the work they do. Uh, you know, they're committed to winning football games, of course, but what I love about working for the Chiefs is they're also committed to just making an impact in the, the Kansas City community and the surrounding community. So you do the the football games, but then you also sort of book <laughs> in and around Kansas City, right? Like you get like people can have you in to do all sorts of stuff, right? So not just in and around Kansas City. So I have literally met had appearances, and I think at this point, forty one different states. And so wow. Uh, so I we not only do appearances, so birthdays, weddings, you know, grand openings, parades. You name it, we do just all kinds of appearances, schools, churches. But then what's kind of a little bit different about me is that I also do speaking. So when I started with the Chiefs, I I started doing uh, school programs where I would start as Casey Wold, and then I would take my head off, introduce myself to the kids, and then I would share a message with them. Maybe it was character education or not being a bully or fitness and nutrition or reading or whatever the program might be. Also did a lot of churches, vacation Bible schools, church camps, where I just share my testimony and my faith and the importance that that, um, my my relationship with Christ has in my life. And so, well, that that has now changed. Well, I still do a lot of that, but I've also started to do corporate speaking. Several years ago, I, I wrote a book, and the funny thing about writing a book is people think you're smarter than you really are. And so, all of a sudden, I I start getting these calls to do corporate speaking. And uh, when I first started, I'm like, "What do you talk? To? You know, I'm used to talking to kids; they're easy to talk to for me." And I'm like, and then I started to realize that adults are just big kids, right. <laughs> and so. It's the same thing. You show them pictures, you tell them stories, you make them laugh and and have a good message. And so I started doing that. And uh, I literally speak at conferences all around the country now. Uh, And and so last week I was in South Dakota, a little cold up in South Dakota this time. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance to go down to Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, it was was like 25 degrees there. I thought I was going to have to break out sunscreen for a second. But. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and just uh, like I said, I get a lot of opportunities just to go out and hopefully, hopefully, do a little shine the light and the love of Christ wherever I go. That's and amazing. You, 
do you carry the suit with you wherever you go? I mean, when you when you go to a corporate event, do you have to kind of ship it? Do you pack it? Like, what do you do? So it fascinated. Like <laughs> the birthday party or something here in the Kansas City metro area. I put it in a great big bag. I throw it in the back seat of my car, and he travels with me, and doesn't yeah. say much. So that's what I like traveling about. I mean, he's a lot quieter than my kids were when they were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the corporate events, I usually, um, I tell folks that most of my appearances, I'm either in a suit and a tail or a suit and a tie. Now, if you're in a tail, you don't smell as good. In a tie, you smell better. Most corporate <laughs> events, they want you to smell, you know, respectable. So typically what I do is I just bring the Casey Wolf head with me to show the adults. And then I, I also make sure to bring the uh, Casey Wolf Super Bowl ring. I don't know. <laughs> That's Bowl. amazing. I've never seen how huge it is. That's I've usually seen. the biggest Super Bowl ring anybody got, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I think that is the biggest one. It's at least that, that's the one that fits the Casey Wolf figure. But uh, yeah, so I bring that along with, with me. And then after the conferences I speak at, I usually stick around and we take pictures with the head and the Super Bowl ring. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Very that cool. That sounds great. Yeah. And so you were so you started with the Chiefs in 1990, you said correct? Or yes, was that Marty okay, Marty Schottenheimer? And so you would have been there in the Joe Montana era when he was quarterback as well. I started with Steve DeBerg, if you remember that. I remember Steve DeBerg. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then, uh, I think it was 19, what was it 93, 94 is when Joe Montana came around. And, yeah, um, yeah. I think those Montana, guys, so I'm, I'm kind of a closet 49ers <laughs> fan. And so uh, I, I loved Joe Montana when I was a kid. And uh, when he moved to the Chiefs, I, I always hoped I'd make it down for a game. But my, my parents weren't really into football or anything. But uh, that's awesome. For a while there, yeah. the Chiefs were getting all our quarterbacks from San Francisco. I mean, Elvis Kermack <laughs> and Joe Montana. And yep. Remember all those? We were just Alex Smith and, you know, yeah, yeah. of our quarterbacks. From that San Francisco pipeline, but this Patrick Mahomes guy, I think he's working out pretty good for us. I, I guess he seems okay. Even though he's not from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think they should keep him around for sure. He, he's got some promise. <laughs> got no Brock Purdy, but I get it. Yeah, I, I totally get it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, very cool. So, I mean, what's the what's the tone around uh, around the Chiefs right now? I mean, obviously, you're going pretty deep in the playoffs again this year. You know, you just beat the Buffalo Bills. Um, people are going to gear up, I assume, for the Ravens. Uh, do you have any role, like, in away games and stuff like that? Do you travel with the team? Do you stay, you know? Typically, what they do is they keep me in town. So, like, there's there's okay. probably not a lot of KC Wolf fans in Buffalo or Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> they go taunt or anything? I mean, that well, be... <laughs> if, if just want a guy to run around in a costume and get snowballs thrown at him, I'd be happy to be that guy. Because I've got a little bit of padding, so it's not going to hurt that much. But yeah. no, typically they will like if it's an away playoff game, they yeah. will leave me in town because we do a lot of watch parties. Like I said, okay. there's just all kinds of appearance requests that come yeah. in. So my goal is just to try to keep up with as many of those appearance requests as we possibly can. <laughs> and if they hit the Super Bowl, do you get to go to Vegas? I mean, is this? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so yeah, I've been to 
been to three Super Bowls. Two of them turned out pretty good. That one in Tampa didn't turn out quite the way we wanted it to. But, right. yeah, we win, win this game on Sunday against Baltimore, and I'll be headed to Vegas uh, at uh, that week leading up to the Super Bowl. That's and then hopefully you'll have a ring on the other hand so you can have right. two huge rings. Right. Yeah. Jeez, I got a lot of fingers. I can keep winning Super Bowls. So. There you go. That is fantastic. Well, I want to take a, a quick break and then I want to come back and talk a little bit about your specific story and get into your testimony and um, talk a little bit about um, your faith in Christ. And so let's just take a quick break and then we'll come back and do that. Sounds great. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We are here with uh, Dan Mears. And Dan, uh, just hoping you'd share your story. I know you had some really crazy stuff happen to you. 
um, as you're as you're doing your mascot thing. And um, just interested to, for you to share that and then talk about maybe how your faith in Christ connects to that story. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting in life. You go through life and you always hope things are just kind of smooth and easy and no issues, and no problems. And come to find out uh, God sometimes will throw a curveball your way just to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with him. And, you know, the um, good book says that all things work together for good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And, you know, uh, I've come to really understand that now. There's times I've, I've uh, doubted that promise when I was right in the middle of it. But I look back on things now and I realize, you know what? He always does have a plan and a purpose. I don't always understand his plan. Uh, and I heard a song recently that said, I don't I don't know what he's doing, but I know what he's done. And I, I've appreciated that, just knowing that, you know, his ways are higher than my ways. And so but my story, you know, I've been a mascot for 24 years just doing my thing, having fun, uh, doing my best to serve the Lord, speaking at vacation Bible schools, churches, men's groups, and conferences. And, uh, we re you know, on game day, we always try to do a skit uh, before the game. And uh, earlier, and in, in this all happened on November the 23rd of 2013. Uh, I tell folks, I always remember the day, because on that day, I literally came within inches of losing my life. And thankfully, instead of losing my life, I just spent nine days in a hospital and I got some big scars. And I had a guy tell me once that scars are just tattoos that come with a cool story. And, uh, <laughs> so today, I won't show you my scars. If I do that, you'll never invite me back on this. Trust <laughs> but uh, but I, I will share a little bit of my story. But I was going to a uh, bungee jump and zip line into Arrowhead Stadium. So how that works, we hire a company that comes in. They set up a zip line that attaches to the lights at the top of the stadium, stretches all the way across the football field to the lights on the other side of the stadium. And then they attach a bungee cord to that zip line. So okay. sounds perfectly safe, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I do those i was supposed to uh, jump out of the lights at the top of the stadium i was supposed to fall for about 20 feet the bungee cord was supposed to catch me bounce me back into the air and then it was going to zip line out over the field so it was uh, supposed to be the greatest mascot entrance ever well unfortunately that day things didn't go as planned because when i jumped out of the lights um because of the slack that was still in the zip line Instead of falling 20 feet, I fell approximately 70 to 75 feet. And I hit the seats in the upper level of our stadium. I hit the seats so hard I knocked two seats out of the concrete. So if you ever go to Arrowhead, swing by section 324, row 32, seats 22 and 23, you'll notice those a little bit newer, thanks to me. But, um, <laughs> but after I hit, I, I still remember, I, I guess I, my body must have went into shock or something. I was just, my whole body was shaking and I was really struggling to breathe. And I'll be honest, at that point, I was scared and I just wanted to get down. Yeah. And well, unfortunately, if your bungee cord's attached to a zip line, you, you can't get down halfway through the ride. Okay? It's like a roller coaster. So you go to a theme park and get on a roller coaster, you're not going to get off the roller coaster and, until it comes to a stop. Well, 
the same was true for me. I jumped out of the lights. I hit the seats. At that point, the bungee cord yanked me back into the air, and then I ziplined out over the field. And, you know, uh, I wish I had time to share the, the all the details of what happened that day and how I can look back on it. But I, I look back on that now, and I, I realize that, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just thankful to still be here. I remember yeah. going to the hospital, and the doctor explaining, you know, I, I broke seven ribs, collapsed a lung, shattered a tailbone, cracked my sacrum, uh, got a big gash on the back of my left leg that required a lot of stitches. And then I broke the T12 vertebrae in my back. And I've now got titanium rods back there that kind of stabilize that part of my spine. But but I remember most those that, that walked the, the doctor as he walked out of my hospital room that evening after telling me all my injuries. He said, Mr. Mears, I hope you realize you, tonight you're a lucky man. He said, if you fell 75 feet, he said, number one, you're lucky to still be alive. and Number two, you're lucky you're not paralyzed. And, you know, that night in the hospital bed, I thought a lot about what that doctor said and thought a lot about my life and how I was choosing to, uh, to live my life on a daily basis. And like I said, I, I, uh, spent the next six, I spent nine days in the hospital and then I was off work for six months doing therapy and rehab. And it was during that time that, uh, you know, some of the most challenging days of my life mm. when I'm like, Lord, I don't understand this. Don't understand it at all. Definitely don't like it. But what it did for me is it caused me to realize that God's principles and his promises, they never fail. They're mm. always reliable, no matter how severe, no matter how painful the situation is. And, you know, that's one thing. And I still get emotional when I talk about it because I look back on it now. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He always has been good. He always will be good. Always has been faithful, always will be faithful. Always has been gracious and merciful, always will be gracious and merciful. And, you know, since that time, you know, I've, I'm now kind of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say I'm completely recovered, but I, I'm 57 now, so I can't tell the difference between age and injury anymore. So it's all, it all kinds of blends together at this point. But, you know, I've still faced challenges in life and, and, uh, Every time I face another challenge, I realize that, you know what, that, that God, I don't know, like I said, I don't always understand what he's up to, but I do know this. I know he's good. I know he's got a plan. And I look back on it now, and honestly, I would have never written that book if I would have got hurt because I was just too busy. I was always out and about, you know, people had always said I should write a book. And so I did wrote this crazy book called Wolves Can't Fly since I proved the wolves cannot fly. but. <laughs> The cool thing about it, all the money we make off of books, we give to charity. We give it away to homeless shelters, orphanages around the world. And just um, and it's the most rewarding part of the, what I do is like, well, I speak at these conferences and then I stick around and sell these crazy books. And um, and then we've I think we've given away almost a quarter of a million dollars at this point to just just ministries and orphanages and homeless shelters and wow. like I said, the rewarding part of my job, you know, yeah. when one of these days someone looked back on this and 
I'm not going to lie. The Super Bowl rings are cool, you know. Uh, <laughs> but when I at the end of my career, I look back on this as you know, that's what I'm going to remember: the relationships and hopefully the impact that uh, that I was able to have through this this crazy platform that I've been given. Because as you know, I tell this to my kids. God didn't put us on earth to make a living. He put us here to make an impact. And and we're called to be salt and light in this world. And every morning we wake up, I, I tell folks, you you know, you get your choice. You can rise and shine or you can rise and whine. And whiners don't make a positive impact for Jesus Christ. You know? um, and uh, so that's my goal each day is get up and go out and uh, choose to shine and uh, let his love and his light shine through through you, no matter what you do for a living. I don't care if you're a teacher, a doctor, a podcast host, or crazy mascot in the National Football League. You know, we've, we've all got a platform, and we're just called to use it and be faithful to him. Amen. So, I mean, as my pastor likes to say, you're never going to live life abundantly until you learn to live life obediently. And so I just... You know, each day just trying to walk obediently with Christ and and uh, live out those fruits of the Spirit that hopefully He's developing in me—the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Hopefully, hopefully people can see that in me. Well, I think it's incredible, even uh, even the fact that you have a suit on most of the time when people see you. Before I even knew your story, I always thought, man, that dude just has so much energy. There's just such a great energy coming from him. Like, it's just so inspiring, so fun. And so I wanted all of our listeners on a national level to to see, you know, behind the scenes, behind the mask, behind the mascot, what what really drives you. And so that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'll tell you what, he's, uh, Lord has blessed me in many, many ways, not just that. I'll be honest with you, not materialistic. <laughs> you know, Patrick Mahomes makes a little more than Casey Paul. <laughs> but, uh, but, just you know, a little bit. He has blessed me with so many things that money can't buy. Like I said, the love, the joy, the peace that's in my life, the wonderful family he's blessed me with, and working for a fantastic organization that supports the, the work I do around the world. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's all good things come from him. And so I just need to. Keep that in mind and, and know that uh, he's the giver of all good things. Absolutely. I, uh, I'd i kind of like to hear a little bit more of your faith story. Um, and so I want to take it just a second quick break. And then when we come back, um, talk to you about when you came to faith and sort of your relationship with Christ, you know, sort of then and now. Um, okay. so let me take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Sounds good. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. 
Message and data rates may apply, available to U.S. addresses only. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, to Thinking Christian, we're here with Dan Mears. Uh, fantastic story, Dan. Thank you so much for being here and sharing that. I I looked up this story when Nate told me that he was going to have you on the podcast. And, uh, like, just an amazing story. So, um Tell Not us the story I would have picked for myself, but it's the one the good Lord gave me. So I guess that's <laughs> but yeah, we don't know if we get to pick the stories. We right. But you know what? We do get we do like I said, you don't get to choose what you go through, but you do get to choose how you go through right. it. I will absolutely admit my tattoos do not have anything on these scars and your stories. So um uh, <laughs> but I I'm kind of interested, you know, did you grow up? uh christian what was your when did you come to faith so i grew up in church i'm not gonna say okay. so uh had wonderful parents that made sure i was in church and sunday school on a regular basis and even went to a christian school growing up and uh you know i knew all about the lord and i i you know we was we'd say our prayers four times a day once before every meal and once before bed and uh, but honestly, it was a routine. It was it was what we did on Sundays, and it didn't really affect the way I chose to live life on a on a daily basis. Uh, that really changed for me my senior year of high school. I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp there in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and it was at that camp is where I I you know the Lord just kind of opened my eyes. I was a sinner and I needed a savior and. And uh, it was it was more than just religion. It was a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just realized I was going through the motions. And so I uh, I, I remember that my senior year of high school at that camp, I made a commitment to Christ. And and, uh, you know, and then I I was still new in my faith, still had a lot of questions, but I just did what I knew I should be doing is I just spending time in God's word each day, praying and just trying to surround myself with uh, godly people that helped me grow in my faith. And then I, when I went to the University of Missouri, um, I was fortunate to get involved with a ministry called Navigators. And that taught me a lot about memorizing scripture and sharing my, you know, putting together my testimony and being confident in sharing that. And and just having my quiet times each day. And that ministry really helped me to develop some uh, disciplines in my life that have uh, helped me throughout my life. And so, but um, yeah, it was at Fellowship Christian Athletes Camp my senior year of high school. 
that I gave my life to Christ. And I tell you what, it's been a, it's been a journey since then. It's, it's funny, you know, one of the, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is when to talk about how God uses unschooled and ordinary men. And I'm like, Hey, sign me up. That's me, baby. That's, uh, <laughs> I get, that's on my resume right there. Unschooled, ordinary guy. And I'm like, if, if God can use, you know, his disciples, he, he can use guys like me as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I laugh about this. I tell folks, I'm, I, uh, most of the smart kids in my class graduated magna cum laude. I graduated thank the laude. And uh, just, uh, but just realizing that God, he, he just takes us where we're at. If, if we're uh, open to it, he'll use us to, to make an impact in the lives of others, you know. Yeah. Always, they say he doesn't always use our abilities as much as our availability. And so I just try to make myself available to him as much as I can. And uh, it's fun to just sit back and see what he does. What what do you think really changed like before the accident with your faith and then after the accident with your faith? And um, yeah, just kind of interested in. I think for me, it took it to a new level because I was, you know, before my accident, I, I woke up that morning and had my quiet time. And but, you know, it's easy to just kind of fall into a routine and in in a rut. And I still have to guard against that at times, you know, uh, just kind of going through that. You know, you do what you do and you get up and you have your quiet time each morning. And uh, so, but I, that day, I think what changed the most is that it just took my faith to a whole nother level, knowing that uh, this God that I I sing about his faithfulness and read about his faithfulness and hear about his faithfulness and then come to experience it firsthand. You realize, you know what, it's all, it's all true. You can, you can count on it. And that's, that's been, uh, you know, as I, I've had so many opportunities since my accident to minister to other folks who are going through a difficult time, whether it's a health issue or, you know, there's so many hurting people in this world. And it's, it's not always physical. It could be mental or spiritual, whatever it might be. But, uh, you know, I tell folks, we, we've all got issues. I've got issues. You've got issues. And, if you're listening to this and you don't think you got issues, that means you really got issues at this point. You know, yeah. I like the counselor and she says that all the time. It's, it's people in life that don't think they've got the issues for the ones that got the biggest issues. And so, and the Bible's clear about that. The fact that we're, you know, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so, but, um, you know, I, I think when you just learn to be real and be authentic and, you know, Tell people when I'm in a costume, I hide behind the mask. That's what I do for my work. Uh, that's not the kind of person I want to be outside of costume. You know, oftentimes we try to hide behind the mask, and us men, we're especially guilty of it because it seems like we never want people to see our faults or our fears or our failures. And um, even even though we've all got them, uh, but uh, but you know, I've learned just to be authentic, be real, and just know that, you know, we're all sinners. We all need a savior. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that's, uh, his mercies are new each and every day. Hmm. Did you find like, you know, you said, you mentioned you had kids. How many kids do you have? Just I've got three great kids. Absolutely. Yeah. love Being a mascot's great job. Being a dad is the greatest. <laughs> how did they, how did they handle it? I mean, how did they handle, you know, 
dad being hurt and then rehab and all that kind of good stuff. Well, it's kind of interesting because that, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, at that point they were in junior high in the high school. And so it was, it was just kind of different because that was, you know, of course, couldn't go out and play ball and, you know, do all the things that I tried to do on a, on a consistent basis with them. So it kind of had me laid up for several months. Yeah. And, uh, but, I think they, I think they, uh, you know, I've talked to them about it before, and I think it also helped them to kind of grow in their faith as well a little bit. And so, but yeah, they're now 20, uh, 27, 25, and 22. So, very cool. Uh, oldest daughter is a social worker, and she, her and her husband live back in St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, my son is in med school, which I find that hilarious. His, his dad's a mascot. He's going to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his wife are currently in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, so, and, uh, and then my youngest daughter, uh, she was the athlete in the family. She actually played college volleyball at Louisiana Tech down in Ruston, Louisiana. But uh, she recently uh, graduated. And so, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm proud of them. Good, good yeah, yeah. Kid. That's so. awesome. My wife is a volleyball player as well, so we have a little <laughs> bit of that common. She played uh, before she got into pharmacy school. She got kind of an accelerated program. She played D one volleyball uh, at UIC uh, University <laughs> of Chicago, and so yeah. uh, red shirted her first year, got injured, and and then uh, went into pharmacy school, and that was the end of volleyball. But um, <laughs> yeah, very cool. I've watched a lot of volleyball matches yeah. in my day. It, it's both, it's both sort of an, right. It's sort of an all-consuming activity, isn't it? It is. And then my son, he played college baseball for a couple of years as well. Yeah. And so the thing I liked about volleyball, it was indoors, and I it was <laughs> climate controlled. My son's baseball game. Gosh, there's some days I froze to death, and other days I couldn't take enough clothes off to watch the game. <laughs> yeah, big difference. Well, what's, uh, you know, as you look forward to the next couple of weeks, obviously you're pretty busy, I'm sure, um, with appearances mostly. Yes. Hoping for Vegas. <laughs> right. Hoping for. <laughs> and, and so when you go out on your appearances, um, you know, obviously you're talking to the Chiefs and you're kind of entertaining. Um, when you get a chance to speak, what does that look like as far as sharing your faith with folks that just sort of invite you in because you're, you know, the wolf? Right. Like, how does that how does that work? Well, it's it's interesting because when when I go speak to groups, I mean, sometimes I get invited to go speak on a Sunday morning at a church and yeah. I come in and share my story. You come in with both barrels, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sharing <the gospel laughs> it's no holds barred. You just go do what you do. And uh, but of course, when I go speak at like uh, conferences around the country or public schools or whatever it might be, I tell my wife. My goal is not to go in and shove my religion down anybody's throat because that's not going to be attractive, number one. And um, and plus, I'm not going to get invited back ever. But so I don't I don't try to shove it down people's throat, but I sure don't hide the fact that I am a, a follower of Christ. And uh, I just try to let my, you know, like I say, just let his light shine through me. I, you know. Put a smile on your face, be kind, and, you know, live as a character. I tell, tell this to some of my backups, that just live as a character with character. 
you know, yeah, be fun, have fun, enjoy life, but and just live life of a godly character. Just you know, when we, I'm convinced that when we live out uh, those fruits of the spirit, that hopefully the, the, the is developing within my life, the love, the joy, the peace, all those I shared with you. Uh, when people see that, it's attractive to others, and that's my goal is just to be attractive and as you can see it's not going to be my physical attractiveness it's going to bring them to christ uh, but uh you know when you when you live that kind of a life it's attractive to others and they they ask questions and they want to know what the difference is and then don't be afraid to to share what that difference is and then, you know i tell this to folks all the time uh, any any good you see in my life that's jesus any bad you see in my life that's still me he's I'm not, trust me, I'm a work in progress. I can bring my wife down here right now and she'd tell you I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> some days. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm further along than I used to be. So but, well, I find it interesting to ask is um, I, when I was a personal trainer. So I was a personal trainer when I went through my master of divinity. And um, it was always sort of interesting to share my faith with people, you know, and I, I so I handled it very much in the way you described. But I'm always interested to see how folks who really interact more publicly with non-Christians think about sharing their faith in that setting. Um, right. You know what, what's kind of interesting, too? I'll, I'll share this. Uh, yeah. For years, I thought, OK, I'm a mascot. I put this head on and yeah. masks aren't supposed to talk in costume. And I'm like, OK, Lord, how am I supposed to share the gospel with people if I'm not even supposed to talk? OK. And so. When I when I told you I wrote the book, I, since then I've written I've written another book too. So I've actually got two books that I've written over the years. But okay. in the books, I I always take one chapter and it's kind of the faith chapter where I share my testimony, I share my faith as kind of the gospel message, and it's been crazy. Then I start selling these books, and I realize every time I sell a book, it's kind of like giving away a gospel track, a really thick gospel track. But I know that if they take time to read the book, they're going to they're going to hear the message. And um, so, yeah, it's just kind of interesting how God kind of works out the details in our lives. And just like saying, no, I'm passing out, <laughs> selling all these crazy books. And I like sure what you said earlier about using our availability. All you have to do is be available and then he'll figure out the rest or kind of oh. piece the rest. My favorite verse is Proverbs 69. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So your heart is to reach the lost. And then you're like, well, I can't talk through this mascot. So God, you got to do some work. And clearly he has. And I think that's amazing. And anybody can see that. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, uh, he's always got a plan. I just try to stay in step with it the best I can. So. Well, I don't need to sweat the details because I think he's got that worked out. He's got them not. I've learned that many, many times in life. <laughs> Way better than we can, for sure. Oh, yes. Well, Dan, I, I don't know that you want to tell people how to book you for more. Uh, <laughs> but um, where, especially where can they get your books? Like, what do you want people to know? How can they... Yeah. How- how, would, how do they engage with you? Where do they find your books? You know, that kind of thing. I've got a website. It's danmears.org. And you can find books there. You can, you know, uh, figure out how to get in touch with me there. But it's danmears.org. Mears has two E's in it. So if you spell it M-E-A-R-S, I'm not sure what's going to pop up on your computer. But <laughs> if you spell it Dan M-E-E-R-S, uh, hopefully you'll see a guy that looks somewhat like this. 
Okay. And I we'll think go- those, even though I think those pictures on my website were airbrushed, if I'm not mistaken, I think they might have made <laughs> me look a little better than I really am. So. I've got glamour shots on my website too, and I, I do think they 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 make you look as good as possible. Right. Uh, well, we'll make sure we link to your website, folks, in the in the show description. You'll find um, the link to Dan's website. Just encourage you to go pick up his book um, and uh, benefit charity too. Right. That's right. That's fantastic. And, uh, and maybe you book you for a party, have you come in and speak, all that kind of cool stuff. That'd be fantastic. Oh. Dan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I uh, I like I knew um, I didn't tell the story, but I knew Benny the Dragon. I think it was Benny the Dragon, Sparky the Dragon at UIC, <laughs> the guy who did Sparky the Dragon at UIC, and uh, he uh, he was friends with one of my wife's friends, and um, I remember meeting him, and he was so laid back, like he was he was such a like a chill individual. He didn't seem like the kind of guy that you would ever. <laughs> catch in a mascot suit at all and then he became sparky the dragon and he's like all over the place um i wasn't sure what to expect when meeting you like you know so but i call uh, mascots nba nfl national hockey league nba you know i know all kinds of mascots and they fall into one or two categories they're either the most laid-back easygoing guys you'll ever meet in your life or they act like they've been eating sugar cereal since the day they were born. And like, you have got to calm down a little bit. You know, you're going to burn out way too quick. No. So, no matter what category they fall into, the thing I've learned about mascots is, uh, uh, as they say, we're about two peas short of a casserole. So I, uh, I don't know a single mascot out there that I'd want to be my financial planner. But uh, I I, uh, I will say this: they're a lot of fun. I, I know a lot of them from around the country, and I just just love them. And uh, it's fun being a part of the fraternity, as we call ourselves. Fraternity, I love it. That's well, great. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. This is uh, your story is amazing. Um, we'll, like I said, we'll link to your website, danmears.org. Um, two e's, but we'll link to it in the, in the description and. Uh, Hey, uh, I hate to say good luck because we're all Christians here. So may God, <laughs> may God's blessing be on the Chiefs. And uh, I hope you're in Vegas in a few weeks here. <laughs> yes. They have another one of these next time I see you. And That's we'll right. all be doing, right. all be the chop when we see you. <laughs> For sure. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Yep, thank thank you. you so much, Dan. Okay. Have a great day. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.